Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to, welcome to, welcome to. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Playoff edition. Hello and welcome to the Mile High Hockey Lab. This is Adrian Hernandez. I'm here today with Ezra Parter, Evan Liu, and Jackie Kay. We are here in a post playoff edition i guess maybe i should change the introduction a yeah little bit, I was gonna say, kinda, that, that was sad to hear I'm not i know it's kind of like it feels like we're still in it so maybe i'll make some minor adjustments to that but nonetheless <laughs> we are here to I still talk playoff hockey and and some news is broken um in the playoff sphere uh definitely involving the colorado avalanche first off i want to thank the three of you for joining me on a wednesday i know that's atypical typically typically we do the show on a monday so thank the three of you thank you yeah, of course. You. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to take this opportunity to tell everybody if you are watching or listening on YouTube, Twitter or Twitch, because now we are available on all three. We go live simultaneously mm. on all three, which is pretty cool. So if you're tuning in, don't hesitate uh, to subscribe, uh, share with your fellow Avalanche fans and, you know, turn on your alerts so you know exactly every single time we go live. Because as you can see, sometimes it's on a Monday and sometimes it's on a very random Wednesday. <laughs> after Evan has taken his last final. So here we are. <laughs> so, you know, of course, the, the major news is has been the announcement regarding Gabriel Landeskog um, and his needing of a procedure termed as a cartilage transplant, which is pretty intense if you think about what exactly that means. Um, so let's just jump kind of right into um, what that will mean kind of for the Colorado Avalanche. And I also just wanted to get, you know, everyone's takeaway on kind of the situation but evan i'll start with you so one of my main takeaways from what landis said in in that press uh, availability which i don't know we'll talk about my bold prediction as to whether or not that satisfies my uh bold prediction of an end of the year press conference but nonetheless uh, what i took away from that was uh, landis did acknowledge that his injury happened in 2020 in the bubble when kale mccarr's skate rode up and sliced him just above the kneecap, it looks like, just underneath his quad in that um, upper patella region. So I'm not a doctor, so don't quote me on all that. But I feel like that kind of makes sense of even last season's maintenance days in the playoffs, specifically in the, in the Stanley Cup final, and, of course, his absence um, throughout the year. Is How impressive is it to you, now that we know all that we know, that Lannis was able to push through everything during the cup run and kind of lead his team in a way to that um, glorious achievement. It's ridiculous, right? I mean, we, we look back on that now and it's just incredible. Just no, now, now that we know, like knowing what, it, what he went through and knowing kind of the, the drama and the, I mean, probably the amount of medicine and rehab and just trying to be just good enough to even, you know, put pressure on that knee in the first place let alone play an intense playoff hockey game, uh, winning the Stanley Cup along the way, celebrating with it afterwards, walking around at the at the parade. I mean, you name it. Like just being just being able to do that and seeing, you know, that is ridiculous and knowing that any other human being would be stuck in bed and not doing anything else. So yeah. Yeah crazy it speaks volumes of his character and just exactly how he saw the opportunity that was in front of um, them as a team going into the playoffs last season because it sounds like he may have even contemplated it not with hindsight he might have contemplated shutting it down then I mean probably not but you know what I'm saying just just based on what we know now he would have gotten to recovering sooner who knows if that would have resulted in them not winning a cup though so that's kind of the, the song and dance you play in situations like this. Um, Jackie, I know you had voiced concerns, you know, long-term concerns 
about Landis Gog really early on in last season's campaign when kind of there was just not a lot being said about his situation and we weren't seeing him on the ice. We weren't seeing any signs of improvement. It seems like you were kind of spot on with your worries. Um, he did say, though, however, in, in his um, interview, I guess you'd call it his presser, that he's not hadn't ever contemplated retirement, um, but feels like this is yet another setback in his recovery since 2020, obviously. Are you at all still concerned with this long term and how it could maybe potentially force him to retire? Um, definitely. It seems like this last procedure is kind of the last. I don't really want to say last resort, but it definitely seems like if this doesn't work, you're kind of out of options. So in that regard, yes. And I think retirement has a lot to do with mindset, though. And I think, like... The reason why you'd retire is you don't want to go through the surgeries and it's just not worth it to to do the rehab and things like that. And and this surgery will, could help him in just quality of life type of things. So in that regard, like he probably would do it either way. And so I don't think the surgery in itself is kind of like leaning towards retirement, but... Um, it is pretty drastic and it does sound like kind of the most drastic option. So um, definitely kind of waiting on pins and needles for that, I would say. Yeah. It feels like he's getting the, getting this procedure done for the necessity of just everyday living on top of wanting to return to an elite level of sports competition. So I'm totally with you. It's kind of like, it feels like a 50, 50, Right now, not that he'll retire, but whether or not he'll reco- recover fully from this procedure. Um, and, and along those lines, we, we saw Mark Mathot on Twitter, and he's been on Altitude Radio as well, talking about kind of he had the same procedure from the, actually the same doctor. Um, but his recovery and um, kind of his situation now didn't resolve as positively as we hope um, it will for Landis Gog. He went on to say, um, I can't even play stickball with my kids. Um, he did mention, though, you know, that it's different for everybody and depends on your age and stuff like that. Um, but Ezra, we also heard that Landis Gog has been talking with Lonzo Ball from the NBA, who had a similar injury. Um, are you optimistic or pessimistic given these comparables? Well, I mean, the Mark Mathot one is definitely concerning, but we have to remember Mark Mathot, I think, was was 37 at the time of the surgery. Yeah, I think he said 35 uh, or yeah, something. 35. Like that. Okay, yeah. I, I I don't have that number in front of me. But yeah, he, he's an older guy, a little bit older. You know, that five mm-hmm. years can make a difference. Also, the surgery is uh, more tested and more, it's been done more since then. It was kind of new yeah. when he was having it done for the, you know, so uh, advances in, in medical tech and Landis Cog's younger age do give a little bit more hope than just using Mark Mathot as a direct example. Uh, Lonzo Ball had the surgery done in March. So it's only been two months. So we don't really right. know anything about his timetable for return or, or his success or, or failure with the surgery. It does seem like this was the, it's not quite the last ditch effort because this surgery is looked at. Uh, I, I did a lot of research on this. Uh, uh, just today, nice. knowing yeah. that uh, that this was this co- this question was coming my way, um, this surgery is looked at as an alternative to knee replacement. So, oh. if this doesn't work, he could still have a full knee replacement. Which, that's you can, you don't you don't usually play after that. Yeah, that's you know that that's like that's that C- could be the career-ending really stuff. Yeah, but uh, but it also might not be if he's able to to rehab from it, come back. My grandma just had her knee replaced and she's swimming, you know, she's great. So, <laughs> Grandma's an elite level athlete in that pool, I guarantee it. She was a swim teacher and now she's swimming again, you know? That's awesome. So, Can your uh, grandma be the next Gabe Landeskog? I, yeah. I want to see it. Well, she, she doesn't have quite the net front presence. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, I, I mean, it. I think it's it's interesting. Uh, to It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Lonzo, what happens with with Landis Cog and the fact that they are, you know, their surgeries are two months apart, their recovery timetable is going to be roughly the same. And and hopefully they both make it back on the court and make it back as impact court ice. Uh, as yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's hard to know since it's, uh, it's a surgery that hasn't gone well for professional athletes in the recent past. But I also found that uh, the surgery is generally 70. Uh, the, the, a study from 2021 showed that the surgery allowed athletes to resume their previous level of competition 
in 70 percent of cases. Wow. So that's positive. Most of those people in the study, though, not professional athletes. So right. it's hard to know what that really means. Wow. Well, that's very in depth. So thank you for spending the time to do that <laughs> that research. So we basically you're yeah. saying there's a 70 percent chance he returns to athletic form, but of the people they tested in that athletic sphere, not very many of them were professional athletes. So the the jury's really not out on how how this really will resolve. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And and I guess it's not very optimistic, but on the more optimistic side of what kind of we heard um, from the presser, I found it interesting that the team and Lannis Gog seem to avoid acknowledging that he'd also be out for the postseason next year. Um, I've, I set this one up for Jacob, but since he wasn't able to make it today, I'll leave it just open for anyone to take. Um, is, is is that a nice thought that Landis Gog might return for the playoffs, or is that a realistic expectation, or do we really just not know? I'm, I think it's possible, especially if you're talking about using his cap hit for LTIR, well then he could come back in the playoffs and yeah. you don't have to worry about the cap hit. So for planning purposes, I think it makes sense to leave that door open because because he could, like he could do that. And it does sound like the rehab's about a year. So, I mean, I guess it's good in a way to maybe give him like a, a goal to shoot for, you know, make it back by the playoffs. And then it would be great for the Avs. They wouldn't have to worry about his cap hit. It would be such an, a boost, both on the ice and just emotionally. Um, you know, as far as, especially hearing about the odds and how strenuous the recovery is and to think that he'll be like ready to go in a year might be a little unrealistic, but I don't mind that they left the door open. To me, it makes sense. That's, yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking was that like a year, like trying to play within a year with the next year in the playoffs, that seems a little optimistic. I'd agree with that. Um, I know, I think Landy threw out 85% um, in his, in his press conference of, of success rate. Um, so, you know, I, we, we won't really know until we see major progression on the ice, which yeah. my guess will probably end up being probably if at the earliest, I feel like we'd probably see him skate maybe like February, March of 2024, yeah. kind of like we did, you know, this last year. Um, and then, it, you know, it would then turn into, okay, how is he doing you know, after that, is he just doing the same kind of thing he was doing throughout February and March, which is just slow, slow pushes, you know, push every other second or whatever, right? You know, not nothing too heavy, right? The slow it's a motion matter, skating. Exactly, the yeah. slow motion skating. So, you know, it's a matter of where, of like how much he progresses after that. Because we definitely saw like little bits of it here and there, but it was never, you know, I, was, I, I think I said it too in our old podcast that it was, I think, like 50, 60% but nothing really ever more than that. And, you know, I know we kind of, I know also the mindset was kind of mentioned about how Landis guy is like trying to have a good mindset about all of this and, and all of that. Um, And, you know, he mentioned too in his press conference that even just being around the team more um, towards the end of the season really helped his mindset too. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I think kind of the, 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 now that everybody knows that, you know, he's not going to be playing during the regular season, uh, you know, this upcoming regular season, that's going to, that the teams now knows like, Oh, they don't have to worry about Landis Gog or think about him, you know, coming back at all. Now they know that, okay, he's not going to be available on the ice, but he'll be available off the ice. Yeah. Right? That's, 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 that's going to help the team's mindset. That's going to help his mindset. Too. Yeah. That's well, that's, I think that's what I feel like Jackie and, and I were crying for midway through the season, which was just like, be clear and be concise just so that the questions can be, be, can stop being asked. I do think in retrospect, now knowing what we know, it was more of a matter of the, of them not really knowing the answer at the time, not so much them keeping the answer from fans. It was just kind of like, well, it's up in the air right now. So we can't really tell you, this is what we're planning on. And every day that went by, and every every marker that was like he's gonna do this by then when that didn't happen that's when the questions started to come up which i imagine that's when they were also asking landis gog in his camp what is the plan what are the moves here so mm-hmm. i think in hindsight we were calling for clarity but it was just something that wasn't clear even to the organization at the time now it is we've seen them take this um 
uncharacteristic press conference at the end of the season to announce all of this stuff. And they've even acknowledged um, a few other things. But um, moving on, it feels like the Avalanche are going to have a, a different look next season, no matter how um, a few of the situations settle with uh, free agents and restricted free agents and stuff like that. But we mentioned Landis Gogg's LTIR. Um, Evan, it looks like the Avs, based on the UFAs and stuff like that, should have like 18 to 20 million in cap space to fill out their roster. Um, what do you want the Avalanche to emphasize when that free agent window opens in July? Uh, I, I'll tell you what, free agency is going to be a blast this year because the Avs are going to actually be able to make probably some good moves, I think. Um, I won't I won't spoil too much um, just because I have a piece about Landis replacing replacing Landeskog and free agency coming out tomorrow. Okay. So look out for it on the high hockey. Drop it. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I I think I'll just kind of mention at least that um, you know I think kind of the the forwards are what they're going to be looking for. Um, probably someone who can you know provide on the on the second line and then you know depending on the status of some of the fourth liners like Andrew Cogliano or Darren Helm, um, they'll look for other pieces there too. Yeah, and, and I think part of what we'll see in the future, and maybe not, this is kind of what I'm going to contemplate and ask Jackie because I think she'll have a better idea of this than I do because you typically have a, a better idea of most things avalanche than I do. But <laughs> um, um, is there a player on the roster that could maybe be a part of a trade um, in order to kind of go after some of the depth and uh, trade, at, or excuse me, draft assets that the Az have kind of been without? Or is it you think the Avs are still more in the mindset of using some of those um, draft assets to acquire players to make cup runs? Well, here's the difficult thing is that they pretty much traded everything. I know they have yeah. their firsts left, but their first this year is going to be like, I think it's between 25 and 27. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like if they trade a first, it could be next year's because some teams could say, well, you know, there's a chance this team might not be that good. Like, I think I'd rather take unknown over like 27th. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Um, plus they just need to make a pick this year. I mean, you, an no organization doubt. can't function with having a two pick draft and then a three pick draft that starts in the fifth round. Like it, you just, nobody does it. Like everyone's like, Oh, Tampa trades all their picks all the time. Well, they still have like 10 pick draft classes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But to answer your question about like, who they should trade. I think it's Devontae's, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but um, he has a year left on his contract. And the beauty is that they are able to negotiate with him, so they should have a good idea if re-signing him is even possible. I don't think it will be. I don't think that they're going to be able to give him a deal. I think it's going to be like Kadri's deal. I think they'd love to keep him. But he's going to be at the similar age. He's probably looking at the same, like, 7 by 7 and they just flat out can't pay that. But right. at least they could find out this summer. Like, ask him, hey, hey, maybe we're all wrong, and he just would love to stick around and make $5 million. Well, then yeah. don't trade. Then sign him and don't trade <laughs> yeah. him. Get him. But Get him to sign that paper. <laughs> but let's be realistic here. Like, yeah. he's earned a big contract, and... um and he's probably going to go out and find that. So if they know that, they can't just say, oh, well, next year he's our own rental and we'll just see what happens. Like, you have to... Can't really do that. Thinking, yeah. right. You can't say that in a year where you know you're not going to have Landis Cog. So I think he's probably the most likely to trade because I think he does have a lot of value even with one year left. Um, and it wouldn't just be to get draft picks. Like, you got to get somebody that's going to contribute. J just mm -hmm. like when they traded a year of Barry for Kadri, like... Barry was very highly thought of at the time. Like the fan base was freaking out thinking about like, I have his jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was a big deal when they traded him, even with just one year left. So like, I understand it. It's not easy, but I just think it makes a lot more sense. Than, like, Oh, just trade Gerard because you basically have to sign the exact same player at the exact same money to replace yeah. him. <laughs> That's a mm -hmm. great point. Yeah. Well, um, and I think the beauty of a roster is, of a, of a championship roster typically is balance. And right now it does feel like there's a, a, a lot of skill and talent in the defensive group. And I think there's even promise in, in people like Byram coming up 
um, that he hasn't even fully developed. He's not even who he's, you know, going to inevitably be. So it's like if there's any equity in any part of this roster, I do think it's defensively. And like you said, when you look at the contracts, Taves makes the most sense, given he's on, he's got one year left. He could be someone else's rental. And I don't I don't that the reason why I kind of put this forward is because exactly what you brought up was the berry for Kadri, which is because my next question is to Ezra, which is do he, does he think 18 to 20 million is enough to address the second line center and the middle sixth and bottom sixth depth as well as round out that sixth, seventh, and, you know, sometimes eighth defender in Colorado's instance. And to me, the answer to that is no. Um, and so you might have to trade a roster player to fill that 2C in a in a value way, in a way that's at good value. Ezra, what is your thought? Do you think 18 to 20 million will work, or you do agree with me on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, theoretically, just mathematically, 18 to 20 million is enough money to fill out the roster, but there isn't a guy in free agency who answers the second line question, if you ask me. Yeah. So I think to fill out the roster just with pieces, sure, it's enough. But to make a, a truly competitive team to, to get back to the cup final, I don't think so. I think it has to be a trade to make that happen. And mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with Jackie. It's it's tapes for me. It's it's tapes for a second line center. That, that is the the trade. And it's it. I was one of the most vocal in the in. I wasn't a writer for for Mile High Hockey yet, but I was in the comments under an alias saying, <laughs> let's, uh, "Let's not trade Barry. We got to keep Barry." Yeah. And I was wrong, and I'm not going to be wrong again. We got to trade tapes. Uh, I don't want to. I think I don't I've either. Right. Every time I write about him, he's like the ideal defenseman. He's what every defender should should model their game after. If you have the talent to be a Makar, go for that. But if you don't, be Taves. Um, you know, and and yep. so it's hard to trade that a guy like that. But it's the only move. It's the right move. It it it, it has to happen. Yeah, I have to, I have to wonder what the mindset of Taze is like because mm-hmm. he's. Maybe so Kale was talking him into staying for five million, like Jackie <laughs> said last night at the Nuggets game. That, maybe that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I but I was I mean I was gonna go down the other route. Maybe Taze feels like he's been stuck in the shadow of Makar now for what is that now four years? Mm-hmm. Three, three, four oh yeah, years. like someone's gonna so, sign him to be stuck in the shadow or in the shade with a drink in his hand. <laughs> exactly. So you know, I it, it, my question then would be then does he does he want that move? to yeah. be that number one defender. He will team. be someone else's one, exactly. one, one defender. Yeah. Whether, it's, on. whether it's this summer and the start of next season, or, you know, if he decides he doesn't want to take a team-friendly deal. So, Well, it's like be, Jackie said, too. The Avs aren't in position to let something of, of high value go for nothing. And that's really what it comes down to. Because if he, especially in the event that they don't win again, like if if they keep him and make and go into the playoffs and and say they make a couple win a couple rounds or win a round or don't win a round whatever, if they keep him and he just hits free agency, that's going to feel like a big waste. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, and I know that. Well, go go ahead, Ezra. Yeah, I mean, I I don't hate the own rental concept in general. I, I I mean, I think like I think it's sometimes it is right to just keep that guy on on the last year of his contract. But I think specifically in this case with the Avalanche there are left-handed defensemen who can play top line minutes on this roster that yeah. are Taves and Devontae's. And, and that makes it different because like you look at uh, uh, Minnesota with Matt Dumba, they kept Dumba as an, as a, in the last year of his deal because they didn't have a second right-handed defenseman who could take top four minutes. They had to keep him moving on from him would have meant trying to replace him. And that's hard to do. Yep. And in this case, the Avalanche are fortunate that moving on from Taves means trying to replace him with Bowen Byram, uh, right. which should work. You know, it should be all right. Yeah, that's, that's always his his question mark is can he stay healthy? But it should work. So uh, for me, it's a no brainer. But generally, I'm I don't think that the the uh, the concept of keeping somebody in there last year is is a bad thing. Yeah, this team with him on it is a better team. So I think you're right. Yeah, like as a concept, that's not a, just like a like a black and white thing. Like it can work and it can be the right move. But I think given the Avalanche context, where their roster is right now, you're totally right. Especially with Byram in the coming up, and you want him to inevitably be a top four, top pairing defender anyway. Absolutely. So th- now's kind of his time. Uh, I'm pretty confident that Sackick and McFarland can do their thing with 18 to 20 million dollars and find Absolutely. the right right pieces at least around this really strong core. 
but a part of the presser that I thought was interesting is we saw um, McFarland get pressed a little bit, and I'm, I can't remember if it was Evan or if it was someone else. I'm just kidding. Uh, um, but basically, they, they asked him about the Nachushkin situation and if he could shed any light. And he basically said he couldn't comment um, that Nachushkin was an important part of this team's past, and he hopes that he's an important part of the team's future. Um, obviously, we don't really know any more details. We're kind of in that with everybody else. But I don't really know the answer to this, and if any of you do, let me know. If he's unable to play for whatever this reason is um, – are there any stipulating things that could stop the avalanche from getting his contract off the books, so to speak, or are they stuck with it? To, you know, given if it's not injury related. I'll, I guess I'll try to tackle this. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be difficult. Um, it, it depends what the issue is like a, can he play in the fall? And it's just, you know, I've heard things like, oh, they don't trust him anymore or whatever. Like, at that point, if he shows up and he's like, I can play, and they just are like, we're mad at you, like, <laughs> they're yeah. not going to be able to get rid of that contract. Like, he has <laughs> yeah. a no-move clause. It, he has seven million or seven years left, and a buyout would stretch 14 years, Whew. and you're going to try – the only other thing they could do is trade him with a no-move clause, which – he would decline right so they pretty much have to patch it up if he shows up and says i i'm ready willing and able to play then you got to play him the other thing is they can't replace him and they need him so the whole thing like where the abs can't trust him is just like that that's not even a factor really so the thing is if he can't play well then obviously the abs are gonna have um more cash. Yeah, there. I don't think it's that simple. I don't think they can really? spend it right away. Like, you can't just terminate a seven-year contract. So it would have to be like, is he still in the player assistance program or something of that nature? Then no, I don't think they can just tear up the contract. But then I believe if you're in the player assistance, you don't count on the cap. So at least it would be looked at as LTIR if he just can't show up for whatever other reason then obviously the abs would have like a good case to say hey this guy didn't show up for work do we still have to pay him but it's not as simple as just like oh you have you have the cap space like they'd yeah. have to go through the process of like the termination like the Voinov or the Vander Kane where they have to prove that he breached his contract and then go through like a process so it's not going to be easy if he can't play again and I think the best thing for both parties is just that he can show up and then play. Yeah, that's I, that's the reason why I ask because I think there's a lot of confusion um, in the Avalanche community as to how that would settle if, in fact, he can't play for whatever reason. But I'm with you. I'm just hoping that the dust settles on all this and um, it was a personal thing and he got through it. The Avalanche got through it with him as an organization and he's ready to go in October and he dropped the puck like nothing ever happened as long yeah. as that's the way we should uh, – look at the situation still when, when that time comes. Um, Jackie, Evan, you, yeah, I was going to say, Jackie, you, you mentioned the um, the player assistance program. I, I don't think he's officially joined it yet. Do, or, but do they have to much. announce it? Like, That's a good question. Because that's I also like HIPAA. anything right? definitive about it has to be announced. Like, this is the AV, so they don't want to <laughs> yeah, they announce don't do anything. Shit they don't want to do, yeah. And then because it occurred not when the salary cap is impacted then oh, there isn't like know. a yeah, yeah there a isn't point. a reason to mention it so i don't i i just i don't know about that i don't think that we can say he's not in the player assistance because they didn't say it and then you also have to look at how they handle the byron situation now he wasn't in you know what you would call like quote-unquote rehab or whatever but his personal leave was very much in that same vein of mm -hmm. needing to get help, needing to get right. And he Me was never mentally, in the quote unquote right. player assistance and his cap hit was never taken off, you know? So in a way how they're handling Nachushkin absent of the, the story about the woman is actually very similar to how they handled Byron's situation. Agreed. And so that's a good good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, to that extent, I just don't think they have. If they don't have to say anything, they won't. And so that's what makes it difficult. 
Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out um, as the months wear on here in the postseason. Um, Belle Perez, she sent us a comment. And if you didn't know um, this, she's a very talented musician, wrote a song about um, the Avalanche using every single player's name. So it was very impressive. Oh, yeah. that, that was the, the yeah. piano, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Belle asks, uh, who um, is C-Mac going to make a priority on re-signing um, this season, does anybody want to take that one? Uh, I w- before the postseason, it would have been Confer, but yeah. after the postseason, I don't think it's Confer anymore. Nope. And I think nope. it's shame on Adrian. <laughs> uh, I think I think it'll probably be. Uh, the, the, Bell said UFA, right? Not, not mm-hmm. RFA. Okay, I think she yeah, just I mean, said Byram. Obviously, is yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, because my answer was going to be Byram, but if yeah. we're talking yeah. if we're talking UFAs. If we're talking UFAs, I think it's going to be one of Rodriguez or Malkin. Okay. One of those two that, that he'll want to prioritize. Um, again, it helps with that forward depth. Um, and, you know, they can provide scoring here and there when it, when they can compared to Matt Nieto. Um, so, you know, I think, it, I think it would be one of those two. Yeah, I think Malkin's RFA, so that helps. Oh, is he RFA? Oh, well, um, shoot. Yes, he is. <laughs> so, that no, that's, that's, good, that's That's a good I mean, it's, it's very uncommon. They, they, Evan. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> Evan um, Rodriguez, yeah. I also find it interesting he's going to the World Championships without a contract. Like, usually that's the, no, you can't play. What if you get hurt? They're never going to pay you. So maybe he has a good idea where that's headed. That's just, a good point, yeah. I didn't kind think of a about little that. speculation, but... Um, Love it. For for me, I th- I don't know. I think Eller. Like, they didn't trade a second to not sign him. Like, I'll still believe it when I see it that they let that guy walk. <laughs> so. I, think he, I think he fits, too. Like, I think he kind of is what they thought maybe Helm or, I don't know, maybe even a more healthy Cogliano might have been um, for the team, at least in in this season. So I think, like, mm-hmm. he fits that bottom – bottom six center role pretty well whether he's in that third or sec or fourth line like he might be the perfect replacement to jp comfort once comfort signs somewhere else in my mind anyway um but that's just kind of my opinion what do you think ezra yeah no i, I agree with that i think if uh cogliano and helm are gonna hang it up which you know we don't know but i think it feels probably, that way probably yeah and then he's a, a perfect replacement uh for a bottom six veteran, I, from for me of all those guys who I would most want to bring back, I think Evan Rodriguez is just going to be a little too expensive. But uh, if he's not, then great him for sure. Him, yeah. But probably, uh, probably it's Nieto is just just a very cheap, consistent depth option who can kill penalties. I think that's that's pretty valuable, even though he obviously doesn't bring much offense. But um, I, I also I would push to get younger in the bottom six mm-hmm. um that's something i, I would agree about, but i know that the front office values that that veteran steadiness so eller's probably it, a it's the beauty of having 18 to 20 million dollars possibly yeah. available. well there's there's now a lot of options he has to take it's just a matter of which ones they want to prioritize it's, it's also the it's also the beauty of having a core that's been together for like seven years that you can argue is experienced and is that experienced veteran depth now so now you yeah. can go get the young pieces for the Nathan McKinnons and Miko Rantanens and Gabriel Landis Goggs and even Kale McCars to kind of bring up mm-hmm. about in, in the organization themselves. So I'm excited. I think like this will be a good opportunity for the avalanche to kind of turn the page as weird as it seems like it's not the end of an era, but the middle of one, I feel like it will be kind of a, a turning of the page inside of this championship era for the avalanche, which I'm excited about because that just means we get to see cool new jerseys with new numbers and stuff and new names <laughs> on the back. Um, Absolutely. And Ooh, get to root. What numbers and, are we going to see this season? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it says only nerds like Adrian. But, uh, <laughs> so I want to segue that into our poll of the week. Since the Avalanche have been eliminated, I just want to get a beat on what who everybody in here is rooting for as well as Avalanche fans because there's kind of like a weird pool of choices right now based on how the dust is settled in the first round. But I posed the question with three options and then left uh, right in. So it's who do you want to win the cup now that the Avalanche are not in contention? The Leafs, the Oilers, the Hurricanes, or other right in. I'll start with you, Evan. What's your answer and why? Uh, can I just go through the list of all of them real mm-hmm. quickly and just give my quick reaction? Yeah. Uh, Leafs, lol. 
uh, <laughs> Oilers, gross. Hurricanes, yay. Uh, okay. So that get, that gives away my answer. There you uh, go. Yeah. Carolina, and they they've, I mean, the, that series with New Jersey has been stupid. Like stupid yeah. scoring, stupid, ridiculous, crazy score lines, players all over the place. It doesn't even look like they're missing Svechnikov, no. right? Like, yeah. I bet you if you win, ask probably a good, like maybe 40% of NHL fans, they'd be like, wait, the Kings don't have Svechnikov? And like, yeah. they, like they're doing this good? Like, that's Yikes. that's pretty good. And, then, and they have a good path to make it mm-hmm. to, the, to the Stanley Cup final, all things considered, um, even without them. So. Yeah, I like the Hurricanes because I like I'd like to see Burns get one. As weird as that sounds, as an Avalanche fan, and just as a hockey fan, I think that would be cool to see the beard bearded guy lift the cup. He's out of um, East now. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Not um, San Jose anymore. It's okay. Yeah, Jackie, what's your answer to the poll? Very much the same. Okay. Um, well, Carolina was my Stanley Cup pick to begin with, so That's I'm right. glad I still got that going for me. Um, <laughs> I just like them. I like that they're they're good balanced team they have good depth they've they've been a successful team for several years it just feels like their time Mm -hmm. to me it feels like things are setting up for them really well like like evan said especially if if toronto's out you know we'll see about that i still feel like there's a little bit of drama left in that series but um just i i like a lot of their players ones that aren't household names like jarvis and netchas like those two are legit like very good players and they don't get near enough credit so um i think it'll be fun to see them win but just to spice up the poll i'd say you know i'm not hating vegas this year like i the, the wound was definitely Shots raw fired. after after we were in that awful division with them but um they're i don't know they're still more interesting to me than some other teams i i wouldn't hate it but you know and then you've also got the underdogs to root for like seattle and florida which them yeah. going all the way to the cup would be like an unexpected but fun, you know. That'd be the most chaotic final. The Panthers would definitely. Be, the Panthers would be hilarious for multiple reasons. Like Cal- <laughs> if you're the Calgary Flames, ouch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So and if you're the Boston Bruins, ouch. Just it would just be hilarious. And then obviously the Leafs, if they lose ouch. tonight. Yeah. Oh my you just, god. You just can't vote. I can't I can't root for like the hype. Yeah. The, the Toronto and the Edmonton. I've, honestly, between the two, I that's why I put Toronto them up there because yeah. I I cannot deal with Edmonton this year. Like the the narratives, the hype. I mean, I would get myself in so much trouble if I actually <laughs> put my hot takes out there. Oh. But um, like seriously, after they blew Vegas out in Game Two, people were like, "Oh yeah, like how do you stop that?" Yeah, and it's and it's like <laughs> Game Three. Look at Game Three. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, like, Jackie. You have an incredible amount of self-awareness. I'll give you that much. So good on you for, for knowing that you just can't handle the Oilers doing well. Uh, <laughs> or the Leafs, really. Not like I mean, can't I don't handle think they it, will. But... I'm not re- even worried yeah. about it either. The Oilers in no way. But all the blowouts are really weird. It's like, what is this? Like, yeah. Just think of all playoffs. the narratives that you've ever been told about playoff hockey yeah. and the grit and you, you got to have guys that know how to win, and then every night's a blowout. It's like, yeah, what, what are we heck? doing here? Joe Pavelski scoring like eight goals a game. Like, here we And are. then you don't win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, Ezra, so your last but definitely not least, what was your answer to the poll and why? Uh, I, I went with that other write-in because for me, uh, Seattle or Dallas. And I, I don't want to root, root for Dallas, but I do want to root for Joe Pavelski. I love that guy. Yeah. Um, Pavelski and Suter, they were uh, – they were at Wisconsin when I was living there. Uh, so, you know, the badges. Uh, my badger connection. Uh, but for me, I just I want the West, and I don't want it to be Edmonton. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really want it to be Vegas either. Mm-mm. I hope it's as somebody in the East, as, as unfortunate as that sounds. But I, that's just how I feel. Um, Wouldn't my... it be fun if Seattle won a cup before Vegas, though? That would be kind of. Kind of. That would be for, hilarious. Except yeah. for the fact that right now I don't like them right now but yeah that's fair i just I'd rather lose to the cup winner than lose to that's just me being an emotional fanboy though so well it's yeah. hilarious that either of them would win before minnesota so well, it's the same reason like <laughs> like minnesota i would never win you heard it here first yeah <laughs> yeah as long as they don't win it which we're in the clear so that's fine right? yeah. <laughs> um 
uh, Jackie, you mentioned Natchez earlier from the Hurricanes, which I, I have my eye on as, I don't know if he's even a potential free agent, but as somebody that the Avalanche, that would fit, or that has just been sticking out to me in the playoffs in terms of his performance. But is there anybody else that you see um, in these playoffs that would be a good fit or somebody that you just really like watching? I'll start with you, Jackie. Um, I think especially given their propensity to go after ex-abs, you, you think about ex-abs first, which is mm-hmm. like, um, for me, I think like Kerfoot and Graves could come back, A, fit well, and B, not be super expensive. Okay. Uh, so those are two that I would look for. As far as, I try not to pine for other uh team's players because i just think that's an exercise in futility yeah. but you know like i wanted them to trade for barbashev if somehow vegas can't resign him like a guy like him mm-hmm. i think would be a decent fit and not cost too much um i'm definitely looking at like lower end players i don't know i've seen like oh what if we could get marner and it's like we don't you know we just didn't all of a sudden that much money yeah. guys like no. <laughs> like something like that is not happening. Um, but uh, I mean, if the more that they can sign, it's, it's good because I don't think they're, they're going to be able to trade for much. But right. Well, you, know, you they... mentioned you mentioned the former player thing. A lot of people have talked about O'Reilly. He's going to be I, a free th- agent. I could see it. It it's just like it's just they're old. not going to break the bank for it. So like. Good, if he though. was going to take anything reasonable, <laughs> would he have stayed in St. Louis? Or if he's going to take anything yeah. reasonable, would he stay in Toronto? Is is it going to be the abs where he takes something reasonable? Like, I still think the guy thinks he's getting seven by seven. Now, whether or not there's a team out there that's going to give it to him, I guess we'll find out. I, I'm not too worried he's, like, too old or whatever. I think he would fit in okay. But um, I don't hate the idea. Let's just put it that way. I, I'll go, like, medium on the O'Reilly idea. You know what I think is be will be interesting is to see how the Lafreniere, um, well, I guess not like they're going to bring back Alexis, but the Rangers keep talking about losing pretty big name guys to cap casualties. So I hope the Avalanche can pick up on a couple of Rangers. I who, do like Tarasenko. Yeah, like, and he's going to be a free agent, but again, it's going to be like what is he going to be able to sign for anything reasonable? But if they could give him like a one year, $7 million deal and just say, Hey, look, we're giving you Landy's money. It's 7 million bucks. You know, I hope that there's a deal out there for them like that, where they could get somebody in where they don't have to give them term where they could say, we can pay you a lot for one year. Maybe somebody's interested in cup chasing again, if they don't think we're too <laughs> set yeah. back. Um, yeah. So something like that could happen. I think that'd be fantastic. So he's another guy that I've always liked. Hey, Josty will be a free agent again. What do you think of that? <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! At least an bring him in to be a bottom six guy. I don't yeah, know. that's what I'm saying. But the, the funniest well, thing I, is, I, is they miss him. Friends. Like as much as people were like, "Oh, you know, Joe sucks." Like he still was depth, and they still missed him, and he's still a guy mm-hmm. they never basically replaced. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> no. I th- I don't no, know. He is that like young version of a bottom six player that I think they should be targeting. I I, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm into that. Him but and Kerfoot I... both. Let's bring them both back. I mean, he did score 25 points in 71 games. Like that's the stat line you look for from a bottom six kind of guy. So I, I mean, think yeah. they should go through like who doesn't get qualified. I I think Joe's just found enough of a home in Buffalo that he'll get qualified. But there's a Sam Steele in Minnesota. He's too, RFA like twenty five. He was a guy that they picked up off the scrap heap and was decent. Like the Avs should be willing to like these guys are going to be the under twenty five group, but they do mm-hmm. have NHL experience and they need to just mm-hmm. suck it up and like some of these guys could sign for really cheap too. So yeah, I, I hope that that's like... the bin they go through. I would sign so many of those guys and just see what works. <laughs> right. It's truly like just stash yeah. some guys in the AHL, whatever. You got cap space to play with. Bring mm-hmm. a bunch of them in. And yeah, uh, if they have to dump them in the season, fine. But like give them a shot. See what happens. Cause I liked, liked Borgen too for yeah. Seattle. Borgen looked really good on defense. Oh, like Borgen? you're yeah. totally right. Yeah. Just, I mean, RFA wise, like that's a good, yeah. good point. That's or a like sneaky. Max Comtois, like I know he mm-hmm. Anaheim basically already said they're not going to qualify him, and I think he's 
he mm. scored he had a really good year i think it was like two years ago so it's like it's not like he has shown nothing yeah. at the nhl level they they need to go after those guys where yeah they didn't have a great year this year or whatever but you you kind of have to look past that because mm-hmm. they need talent like they can't go for low ceiling if it works out this guy scores 20 points like you, you no, have to need... hope for us yeah for a little bit that. more yeah. where yeah. maybe if it works out this guy's a middle six player yeah they got to do it. the time to do it is now yeah honestly. well fortunately they're watching right. mcfarland and sackick are watching this offseason going in with their pockets full of money in july so hopefully that gives them a lot of track and a lot of information and and they just cash in like they have before um in the free agent window so I'm excited. I think that they're well-equipped. Just getting back to our poll, just to give you all the results, um, we had, let's see here, 78 votes in this 14 minutes. And the Leafs got 21%. The Oilers got 10. That's a shock. And the Hurricanes got 37 with other, the ride-in getting through 32%. So those 32% of people just didn't even write in. So who knows what they think. But... um, (laughs) Uh, my, I just, my guess is probably Florida or yeah. Seattle, probably one of those or two. Seattle. Well, <laughs> I guess it depends how people feel. Yeah. What's funny is Savannah just said, uh, I agree. It's so mad. Okay. I'm I mean, it's mad. fair. It's yeah. fair. Aren't we all? It's understandable. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. I hear you, Savannah. Um, but yeah, so I, it looks like the Leafs are, well, it doesn't look like the Leafs are on the potential of being swept by the Florida Panthers of all teams um, here in the second round. I'm just going to get all of your prediction really quick. Evan, do they lose or win tonight? And then how do you see the series resolving? Uh, as much as I would love for them to get swept tonight, I don't think they're going to let that happen. I think they're going to at least going to force it back home. Okay. Uh, but I, I think I think they'll lose uh, in six. Okay. So Florida in six, yeah. Jackie? I almost want to say they lose in seven because wow. that would be like the most that, exact, yeah. mm-hmm. thing yeah. to happen. When they make you, a I don't comeback know. and still not make the comeback. Yeah. I, but I don't <laughs> know if I overtime can handle, at home ice. handle them winning three more games. <laughs> so I I do think they win tonight. It, it is really hard to sweep a team. Mm-hmm. But There's... I think they lose in five. Then they lose, go back at home and then lose. I think okay. that's also very Leafs. Great very yeah then you start seeing all of the stuff fly back onto the ice that everybody bought last week um ezra (laughs) ezra what's your answer to uh to that well you know i was thinking panthers and five but jackie took that so i'm gonna go for the sweep let's do it let's do it so none of us think they can pull it out though no I just don't think it's there. Well, obviously, Absolutely no one. Oh, four right. teams have done it in the history. I was about to say it's only happened a few times. The last time, yeah, was that's LA true. It is really hard to win four four games in a row. We like hear that. about the four teams that have done it before, but we don't hear about the hundreds and hundreds that didn't. We just <laughs> we just know that they got eliminated, mm-hmm. and nobody really even remembers if it was in four or five or what. So <laughs> then we just laugh at the teams that did do yeah, it. Yeah. Like, so sorry, San Jose, but yeah. <laughs> oh man, well. That kind of leaves us with just, you know, one last thing to do, which is our bold predictions. Um, but just to comment on the Leafs talk, like you guys know me, I, I love watching the Leafs fail. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a it's like a North American tradition to see their, <laughs> their fans lose their mind from winning around and then just see the shots of them crying in the stands and throwing their memorabilia onto the ice the following week. So that's just kind of the beauty of of hockey in general but i already said it once and i'll say it again it is time for our strategy Uh, last week we didn't do too bad i feel like um jacob he uh bold predicted that edmonton (laughs) would get two wins at vegas that did not happen so jacob if you're out there listening i still have to hit you with and evan you said that florida would win one of two not only did they do that, but I mean, here we there sit with them three zero. So mm. that was, you're on to something. Mm. Ezra, you said the Rangers would blow out the uh, the Devils, and, <laughs> then, and that they would not lose that that week. I don't know if we could put this wrong buzzer on like a delayed effect, just to really. But geez, that was that one was a crap. That was almost as bad as some of mine. I couldn't have been right. more wrong about the Rangers. 
But I, I, for, I forgot that was your bold prediction. You know what? Until now. Seeing how uh, the yeah. series has gone with Carolina, they underperformed the Rangers. So I don't think you're really to blame. Yeah. The, the Rangers. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Turns out the person to blame is Gerard Gallant. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Somehow, <laughs> some way, right? Hey, like, like we said during our, during, our, during our free agency bit, who knows what's going to happen with the Rangers? Like they could blow it up and get ter- – Tarasenko could be available. Patrick King could probably be available – yeah. Oh yeah. All these yeah. crazy things. So if well, for whatever reason Vincent Trocheck's on the trade block, I would look at that. That'd oh, I would absolutely look at that too. You know, yeah. I just feel I like the Avs should just hire Gallant and then fire him so that the fans who are calling for a coach to be fired are just satisfied because it seems to be where Gallant ends up in every situation he's in. It's like, oh well, we didn't win at all, so somebody's gotta go. And he's like, uh, not me, please. No, yeah, you're right. The the Eagles could yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, true because the, no, I'd rather have Cronin than go on. The Knights did the same well, thing. Cr- Cronin could be looking at an NHL job too. Mm-hmm. I think that was rumored a little point. while back. That'd so, cool. well, Jackie, moving That's on great. to your bold prediction, you said that uh, it would be Toronto and Edmonton in the Cup final. That was your kind of broad scope prediction. So we might find out if that is wrong tonight. Um, Which I want also... it to be wrong. This yeah. Kind of like a... <laughs> yeah. You also just, just give her the buzzer now. Yeah. yeah. Will yeah. it into existence? Just you also. I think said... I said something about Carolina. You too. did. I don't yeah. know if they swept the week though. No. But... Yeah. You said they'd get the three wins that week. They did get three wins in the time since we've had an episode though. But I'm still gonna have to give you the. Okay, that's yeah, fine. Unfortunately. <laughs> so, and then the final one I did one, which was that the Az would have an end of year press conference. I'm not gonna take the ding on this one because it was more to do with Landis Gog than it was to like wrapping up the season and looking back and thoughts going into the future. So as much as I'd like to take credit, I still going to have to give myself. The yeah. At least they did something. If that means McFarland's more open to it, I'll take it. But... Thank goodness. Yeah. It gives us content. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Gave you another podcast for those of you who are listening and watching. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. Media but... gives you content. Thank That's goodness. how it works. Wow. It's amazing. Um, Let's do this week's version then. Jackie, I'm going to keep your Toronto thing here too so I don't forget that in case by some miracle they pull off the greatest comeback in hockey history, um, which you know it'll be it'll be regarded as such if they do. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We would not hear the end of it. Yeah. Um, Evan, what's your bold prediction this week? Yeah, I've been holding on to this one since the beginning of the episode. Uh, so I, I feel pretty confident in it too. Uh, the NHL gets their dream Western Conference final, uh, Seattle versus Vegas. Ooh. <laughs> that would be something. Mm. That would. The they would absolutely love that. The two expansion teams going head-to-head for a Stanley Cup final spot. Who's going to get it? They would, they that would, would eat it alive. I and would the, love it just because it would show other teams, like, you have no excuse and for the just the one that dropped the lottery. <laughs> spinning your wheels that a team that didn't exist literally less than two years ago is yeah. better than almost every other team in the nhl yeah just you just made mincemeat of the defending champs the, the shadow of the defending champs just kidding I know, yeah um <laughs> all right so evan you say seattle versus vgk in the western conference final ezra what about you fun. Uh, I'm going to say that, um, the Eastern conference only has two more second round playoff games left. Both teams that are losing are losing. Wow. Both teams on the brink will be eliminated. That's right. In the next game. Sweet. That's, and then they get to rest and just wait for the West. No, didn't mean to rhyme. Sound like Snoop Dogg. Good. I like eliminations. (laughs) I don't know. You always hear people are like, oh, I want everything to go seven, more hockey. And it's like, no, I just love it when teams are done. I'm like, get right. out of here. Let's get to that final. Let's get, <laughs> to the final. Let's get yeah. this over with. Yeah. All right, Jackie, your turn. Um, well, if it's game related, I definitely want to keep rolling with the Hurricanes. They're, they're kind of my team right now. But I do kind of want to make a prediction on the first thing the Avs do. Now, I don't know when our next episode will be, maybe in a couple weeks. I don't know if it's going to happen before our next episode or not. But I'm going to predict that Eller signs a three-year contract extension. Mm, It's going to be the first thing the Avs do. Now, I don't know if that counts as if they sign like a prospect or some like minor league contract. I'll say roster player, yeah. But yeah, like – 
for sure Avs roster move. And I'll even give you the benefit of the doubt if it's not three years. If they sign Eller okay. as their first move, I think that's a bold enough prediction. Okay. Um, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. That's give my me, bold prediction. Give me one in case in case we have an episode next week. Um let's see. Let's see, let's see. She says that everything right now is kind of boring. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, we already talked about all the teams that are still playing. Um, let's see. Give me a, a bold hope for the Hurricanes since that's your squad. I know. I'm trying to think who. <sighs> let's see. Someone gets a hat trick. Let's say Jarvis gets a hat trick. We'll okay, just, just be so bold. Yeah. Yeah. That's real bold. But. We will be clipping this if you're right. And we'll just tell everybody <laughs> that we have a crystal ball that you look into and give us all the information heading into the week. Um, that would be cool. I re- like like all of like I think we all kind of like the Hurricanes. I also like Rod Bridnamore being the coach and stuff and the former player. I think that's a cool story to see that the cut up of him as a player kissing the cup to kind of like splicing it with him as a coach hoisting would be pretty much media gold like you said Jack, sure, the media sure gives some content. graphic designer probably has it already made already in the works in yeah. Case, yeah yeah okay so I'll, I'll i'll give my bold prediction since there's no jacob this week um i will say that the panthers win tonight but they also win by more than three goals oh man wow just put in the dagger oh man blowout dagger i like it oh man and I think like it's empty net season with like five minutes left in the third, seven minutes left in the third. And Sheldon Keep is fired before. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> they don't even let him back on the plane. <laughs> just stays there in Florida. The press yeah. You're yeah. fired. <laughs> so those are just, uh, those are. Kyle West comes down to the bench to fire Keep, and then when he gets back to the booth, he gets fired too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here's you. another water bottle to throw he's doing his best Bennington impression yeah there i was waiting I, I knew that that was the rat you were going <laughs> yeah. i knew it um there's a couple things we didn't touch on that i just want to do so briefly um one it was unfortunately the avalanche will be seeing a lot of connor bedard as the chicago blackhawks got the first overall draft pick via the lottery this one's just kind of open to all of you what are your thoughts, initial reactions to that? And uh, are you into the conspiracies? <laughs> I'm totally into the conspiracies. Uh, <laughs> no, but that was maniac as it gets. You said, Haha, I'm totally into the conspiracies. <laughs> That's going to be taken out of context now moving forward. Somebody's going to clip that yeah. and take it. Oh, I'm me, considered a conspiracy but... theorist anyway. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll wear it. I'll nah, take it. But yeah, I mean, obviously it, it sucks that that he's going to be in in chicago i think if you ask almost anybody outside of chicago they're going to be like Ugh, yeah. about it i mean jesse jesse at the nvr already said it you know everybody and their mother that i've talked to has has been upset oh about God. about chicago getting it so i turned it around the best way i could on my hockey's twitter account uh where i just said that it's going to be fun when byram and mccarr shut him down yeah uh, and- <laughs> You'd love to watch high-end talent in your own barn more frequently. So that's an upside to an extent. Like you'll see a lot of good hockey between Bedard and the and the Avalanche in the future. Oh, I will wow. say though that like it's kind of an interesting situation with Chicago and what they've gone through in the last few years. Um but without getting too deep into that, <clears throat> I feel like the Avs and the Bedard situation has the potential to make for some really cool storylines and if like jackie said media produces content that's gonna be a lot for us to talk about in the future oh, yeah. so it, it, he'll he'll definitely be driving a lot um mm-hmm. and you know there's i mean well already like two and a half million dollars of season ticket sales out there in chicago um <laughs> just just after the announcement of them getting the first oh Olympics, no so. i just realized that this means there are going to be so yep. many blackhawk fans in ball mm-hmm. arena every time <laughs> does that mean we play them first mm-hmm. game again oh, we probably will play them <laughs> for, for Bedard's first again. game ever oh i, I can totally <sighs> see that man so that, that'll be fun to deal with but yeah i mean like i said it'll, it'll definitely be fun it'll be interesting to see how it all how it all unfolds for probably at least the next five years, I would guess. Um, How about this? 
we set up a foundation. The money goes all to this. All the money goes to this foundation. But if you show up to Ball Arena in a Blackhawks jersey, you have to give twenty extra dollars on top of what you paid. <laughs> they have to be Bedard jerseys. Yeah, exactly. that, that's the reason why. If if they come wearing a Bedard jersey, fine. But anyone else? Yeah, you're not mind. with the program. I do wonder. <laughs> I do wonder what the Bedard jersey sales have looked like because I don't. I don't think that's been announced anywhere and i don't don't know if they can do it until he's i don't know if there's a rule there could be a rule that they people can like customize jerseys and sure sure yeah that's what i meant how the habs fans already had shane wright jerseys exactly exactly (laughs) what if you just pulled an eric lindros yeah i don't think they could sell him yet for me like interesting evan you you have to consider the conspiracies a little bit Mm -hmm. um (laughs) But then, Sorry. like, what some people say is that, like, could you really trust the NHL to be able to handle something like that, like, really fixing or Are they smart enough to rig Right, something? exactly. <laughs> but it is so funny how, how it works out that way, because it wasn't even, like, a meme. It was just, like, an expectation. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, and then they cut you know, the commercial in weeks. is like, yeah. and there goes the third pick. And there they, goes they Columbus. Haven't, they like, haven't even. So much disrespect to them. Like, oh nope, not Columbus. Oh, like, and so everyone's like, well, he already knew. How did he already know? It's television, so he probably knew. And then, Well, they did because they already yeah. have the card, the, the little cards that Daly flips up in order. So they know, like, in studio. Like, do I really think the draw is rigged? No, but could they also stand to just like pop the ball up on live? Yeah, yeah. they could do that. For I don't sure. know. I just think it's so funny because it's like they're like an old man using technology to prove something. Like <laughs> Bateman's like, here's today's newspaper. That's how you know today it's today's date. Like, what? <laughs> you just showed us I... today's date on a newspaper, and so that's a timestamp. Like, I think, I think <laughs> what are we? Here. I think that that's the thing that most people want. They just want it. They want transparency. They want it to be like seen, known, determined yeah. that like this is yes, this is how it works. This is how it actually happens. Not recording it two, three hours before like they had, like they have been doing. So I want it to happen in front of Parliament to an atomic clock, and it should be <laughs> way more simple. It should just be your you have as many balls as you have odds. And your logo is on that ball, and if your ball comes into the slot, that's that's the drawing. Not like if you if you looked into it, it was like these four sets of these four numbers. Yeah, I know. I mean, these four. Well, so complicated. you can rig too, the it's balls. Yeah. There is a certain way to rig the balls, so that's not necess- You know, it. There's no perfect way to do it, but yeah, the way the NHL does it does seem pretty silly. But and I will was- say this for my opinion on Bedard is that. I think he does deserve media, and so he kind of does deserve that market, if we're being honest. But, like, Chicago burned it down to the ground so much. All they have on their roster, not even exaggerating, is either cap dumps or AHL-level talent. Mm -hmm. Like, you... And, like, who can they even sign to play with them? I'm sure they will. So that... Yeah, I know, exactly. So, it's almost like... Does it accelerate their – are they going to be caught between two things? Because they just have so little. Like, I I only really like, like, two of their prospects. Like, mm-hmm. they just have nothing. So, it's kind of sad to bring them into a situation. Like, there was a joke. It was like, I, boy, I can't wait to watch Bedard centering Tyler Johnson and Josh Dick – or Jason <laughs> Dickinson. It's like, woo! Thanks for that one, Jay Fresh. <laughs> yeah. Thanks That's for right. that that visual so from an abs perspective it's like oh crap you know we we have this great player in our division like it's gonna take them years to really like make it matter and so he's their um, new piece to build around and he hasn't even played a game yet so exactly they like Mm -hmm. there's so much work to do and obviously Mm -hmm. having a great talent and i and i hope that he's everything that he's billed as so that's just good for the sport yeah Yeah. and i I like him as a player too but um but yeah definitely more than one player <laughs> yeah 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 what were you say, Evan? i was gonna say espn too after the draft after that draft lottery they were they were really pushing oh patrick kane could come back to chicago now <laughs> oh my gosh it's like god bless like it's... hey not that my bold prediction was this was a bold prediction but 
Kane did end up being little less than what they expected for the Rangers yeah. in the playoffs. He already yeah. told the Rangers he wants to come back. Remember how he begged yeah. his way there? Like he's begging for an extension. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure he is. Begging <laughs> is the right word too. Chicago. I don't care if Bedard is there. Yeah. Oh, they planned the parade when they got Kane. So. Yeah. You you probably need to double down on that, or I guess fire your head coach. Um, but <laughs> I'm glad the Avalanche haven't overreacted in any way like that because I do think that was kind of just an overreaction by the Rangers management because I think that they just didn't play well, but that doesn't mean they're not a good team. What do you think, Ez? Yeah, but he also – Gallant is one of those coaches that burns out quick. He Yeah. You know, every stop he's had has been three years or less. So he's good point. Uh, and it's yeah. always ended in this fashion. Yeah. Yeah, they've got yeah. they've got young players with talent who need to develop, and he's not doing it. So, fair enough. Makes they need sense. Jared Bednar 2.0, but not actually Jared Bednar. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. It would be interesting if, if we could Crying. clone him. I'd love to see what he could do with like the Rangers, even or Philly. If Philly could have got him before they blowtorched all their talent, I think like interesting. You just Parallel wonder universe. what yeah. what could have been in Philly. Well, thank God we got Jared Bednar. Um, and that Sackett got his coach after Patrick Waugh just decided to jump ship. And I don't know if you guys saw that, but there were some rumblings from Kevin Weeks that. Mm-hmm. that Patrick Waugh might be the next coach I did see of that. the New York Rangers, which would just be, It'd be hilarious. theater, basically. Um, he would get right in I just think it's so worn out. Just yeah. the, the, oh, Waugh would be ridiculous. It's like ever like the league is ridiculous to begin with. Like We don't need to encourage him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Well, Thank the three. I want to thank the three of you for joining me today. I know it's always hard when the Avalanche aren't even playing hockey, so I really appreciate but you. Yes, all. thanks to anyone listening. About yes, this exactly. Team when they've gone dark. <laughs> yeah. So, so it. yeah, this has been the Mile High Hockey Lab. And if you enjoyed this episode, episode, excuse me, please head over to your preferred streaming platform. It's also avail- available in its podcast form on Spotify, iTunes, Audible, and many more just go search us online head on over to twitter you can follow the website at mile high hockey and you can follow the podcast itself at mhh underscore lab and last but not least head on over to the milehighhockey.com website evan is just about to drop a gabe landeskog deep dive article and what that will mean for the colorado avalanche heading into the future so there's going to be some good information there And um, on behalf of Mile High Hockey and the Mile High Hockey Lab, I'm Adrian, and I hope you folks have a wonderful evening, and I hope next week we're talking about the Leafs being swept. Oh, sorry, a little salty, (laughs) but I am. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab.